Let's give God praise for Reverend Phillips. We're glad to see him back with us. Amen, amen. I am, um, all right, thank you. I am, I was thoroughly surprised to see her because I wasn't expecting her to be in here tonight. And uh, when I walked in and saw her, it was such a wonderful, wonderful blessing uh, to see her. Sometimes people are blessings to you in ways that doesn't come by way of words. Sometimes just the presence of people is a wonderful blessing. And she's one of those people who her presence always blesses me. And so thank God for her and for all of you. Well, take a few minutes, if you will, to look to your right or to your left and front and your back and smile real big and tell your name. I'm so glad to see you tonight. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. And it is such a blessing to see to see all of you here on tonight. As always, we want to keep all of our members in prayer, especially our sick and shut-in members uh, in our prayers. Uh, had an opportunity to visit uh, Sister Cohen this week, uh, who had a crisis earlier and um, is in hospice, and so we want us to continue to pray for her, continue to lift her up before the Lord, Wonderful, wonderful spirit, wonderful, wonderful soul of a woman. And so we're grateful uh, for her as well as all of our sick and shut-in members and those who may be in their time of bereavement. Uh, we want to remember them in our prayers as well. Amen? All right. Well, let's jump right in here. We have a couple of things that we want to do tonight, and um, hopefully we will be able to get through most of what we have prepared and planned for us tonight. We're going to continue our conversation on uh, rediscovering you and redefining uh, your relationships. Hopefully you had homework assignment last week, so hopefully you did your homework. <laughs> hopefully you, you did your homework and uh, I wouldn't be I won't ask you to make any public presentations of your, of your findings, but uh, hopefully you were able to do it, and hopefully you were able to see some things, uh, recognize some things, uh, and even acknowledge some things, uh, be it good or be it bad, uh, be it uh, something that you want to tell your neighbor or be it something that you don't want your neighbor to know about. Uh, whatever the outcome of that, hopefully you have, you did it and were very honest about it. So during our last session, and I want to do a little bit of reviewing for us. Uh, during our last session, um, we gave some introductory comments uh, and laid the groundwork for how we would move through this lesson and the purpose of this particular series. And, um, and so as we do that, as a review, our scriptural foundation is found in two passages of scripture that I hope that you are um, reading over and rereading and rehashing and rereading and rehashing because that's the best way to study the Bible because the Bible is a living document. And because the Bible is... A living document that means that every time you go to the word of God God is able to say something different to you uh, even in same passages of scripture and so our two passages of scripture was Genesis chapter 2 verse 18 and Matthew chapter 22 verse 37 and verse 39 in the Genesis pass passage of course you read that God says that it is not good for us to be alone so he begins to talk to us and teach us the value of interdependence. He's teaching us how to need other people. And then he tells us that we are to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Again, he's teaching us a concept 
that we are all connected to one another in some shape, form, or fashion. And we were repeating last week, um, even amongst ourselves, among the people on our row, we we're telling our neighbors that, um, that I need you. And that is creating in us uh, a mindset to know that no man is an island. None of us are out here by ourselves, but we all need each other in one way or another. And so those two passages of scripture helps, to, helps us to understand that. We, we emphasize the fact that God creates us to be relational beings. You have to get that in your mind. You have to get that in your spirit. God create us, created us to be relational beings. He created us not to be necessarily independent, but he creates us more so to be interdependent. And so, in other words, God creates us, again, to need one another. Now, anybody who studies scripture, and I just wanted to throw this out to you because I think this is real important when we start talking about church. Uh, if you've read any of Dr. Martin Luther King's writings, he's often spoke of the beloved community, if you've ever heard that before. Um, anybody who studies scripture quickly recognizes that God operates in community. Whenever God does something, he normally does it in community. When he sends his disciples out, he does not send them out by themselves, but he sends them out two by two because God understands the value of community. When he gets ready to deliver Israel from Egypt, he sends one man to deliver an entire nation. He didn't just get one person out, but he delivers an entire nation. John 3.16 is one of the greatest examples of how God operates in community because he says what? For God so loved what? The world that he gave his only begotten son. Again, he operates in community. It's not about your individual self. It's about community. Paul comes along and he gives us um, some other ideas about what community is. So when we talk about community, what are we talking about exactly? We're talking about the sharing of a common life in Christ. That's what a community is. A community is that we share a common life in Christ. Here it is so you can catch it. All of us, none of us gets any special treatment when it comes to salvation other than the fact that we all have to be saved the same way. Now, we may get to Christ through different experiences, but we all have to get there through the same process. Believing in your heart, Romans 10, come on, y'all. Believe it in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Son of God, that he dies on the cross, and what he, do, what he did on the cross is personally applicable to you. The end result is you shall be saved. We all have to make a confession of faith. We all have to believe in the finished work of Christ on the cross in order to be saved. And so when we talk about community, we're talking about sharing a common life in Christ. God, Christ didn't save you because you were better than the person sitting next to you. At the end of the day, we came here messed up because we were born in sin. Come on, y'all. And shaping in iniquity. So we came here messed up. I don't care if you never smoked a cigarette, never drank any liquor, never did any bad thing in your life, and you lived a pretty moral life. We still all had to go through the same process of being saved. If you're not scared of your neighbor, touch him. You tell him you're not better than I am. <laughs> Just because you didn't do what I did doesn't mean you didn't do something. And so when we talk about God creates us to operate in community, we're talking about sharing a common life in Christ. When we fail to understand the idea of community, we fail to understand the intentionality of God. God intended for us to need one another. Let me repeat it. I can't say it enough. God intended for us 
to need one another. You cannot succeed without some help from somewhere. You are not so wonderful, not so smart, not so great that you don't need somebody. I told you last week, even, even if you're good at business, if don't nobody buy your stuff, you're not going to be successful. So again, we have to continue to talk about this idea of community. And when we fail to understand this idea of community, we fail to understand the intentionality of God. You cannot, you cannot fully understand God and walk around saying, I don't need nobody. It is, it is really not even a true statement. I know I'm getting ready to mess with somebody, but that's all right because this is Bible study. But it is not even a true statement when you say, as long as I got Jesus, I don't need nobody else. <laughs> you, you cannot understand the intentionality of God and that be a true statement. You cannot, because even when, even when Jesus heals us, it's not always an instant healing. Sometimes he wants you to go to the doctor. Have I got any help in here? You know, understand, you don't, you know, don't be so, don't be so, don't be so deep now. If you need to take your blood pressure medicine, don't be walking around talking about, I ain't going to take it. He going to heal me. When you fall out somewhere, you, you, you take your medicine. It doesn't mean that you don't have faith. It means you got good sense. And so when we, when we don't understand community, we do not fully understand the intentionality of God. Now, I got to get somewhere tonight. So the idea of community, uh, another thing about it is it moves us beyond the self-interest isolation and beyond that superficial social contact that we pass off as Christian fellowship. Hmm. Ah, can I give it to you one more time? Okay, the idea of community moves us beyond that self-interested isolation that I don't need nobody and beyond that social superficial contact that we pass off as Christian fellowship. Hmm. It, it, it is, it's not authentic fellowship when you're only fellowshipping with folk you like. Well, wait a minute here. Okay, hum, come on, y'all. No, 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 no. And I can go somewhere with that, but I don't have time. I don't, I don't have time to go there. I don't have time to go there because part of part of even having conflict is learning how to deal with it in a very healthy way. Come on, y'all. We ain't gotta. We ain't gotta fall out and not ever speak again because we have conflict. But because we have the Holy Ghost on the inside of us, come on, you, 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 you learn, I know you don't like this part, but you, you, you learn how to sometimes take the higher road. You, you learn how to apologize for stuff you didn't do. You learn how to say, I'm sorry for stuff that somebody heard you said and you didn't say it. And now they walking past you, not speaking over something that you don't even know you've done. But because you're full of the Holy Ghost and you're interested in the strength of the community, you speak first even if they don't speak back. Because the integrity of the community is more important than your personal ego. Oh, that ain't going right right there. Okay, okay. Okay, so, the, so it moves us past this superficial thing we call Christian fellowship. Because some of what we call Christian fellowship is not Christian fellowship, it's cliques. So the only person that can be in your ministry are folk that look like you, talk like you, think like, oh, come on y'all. But can't nobody else come in. That ain't Christian fellowship. That is not Christian fellowship. 
And so the biblical idea of community challenges us in, to commit ourselves and to live together as the people of God. People of God ought to act like people of God. Amen, Amen somebody. Amen. That, that's why Paul told us, if you make a note of it, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 25 and 26, he says that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it, or one member be honored, all the members rejoice. So true Christian fellowship is me, is part of me being happy for you, even if you get blessed before I get blessed. Come on, talk to me, somebody. I don't, you're not jealous of anybody to get their car before you do, their house before you do. If they get the promotion and you didn't get it, that's okay. Because God has enough to go around for everybody. If you just wait till your time and your turn, your day is coming and you can't be hating on people because they got their stuff and your stuff is kind of delayed a little bit because you know how we want when we get ours. We want everybody to celebrate. Watch it, watch it. Touch your name and tell them, I want you to be blessed real good. Because if you get blessed, that means I move up in the line. So then, he, and then he turns around, and then he tells us for for, for those of us who, who are reading the Bible very well, he turns around and tells us in Ephesians chapter four, verse thirteen, he says that even our spiritual gifts are for the unifying. Of the body of Christ. So if you're a gifted pastor, teacher, evangelist, prophet, apostle, whatever it is, all of the gifts are for the unifying of the church. All of the gifts are for the bringing together of the body. You don't use your gifts to divide. You use your gifts to bring together. So the Bible teaches us, and to push it a little farther, the Bible teaches us what I call each other language. How, how, often do you, how often do you read the language of Scripture where it promotes unity? Often. Love one another. Forgive one another. Have regard for one another. Teach and correct one another. Encourage one another. Pray for one another. Bear one another's burdens. Be friends with one another. Be kind toward one another. Be compassionate toward one another. Be generous in hospitality. Serve one another. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. That reminds us we need the community of faith. Because it is in the community of faith that we grow up. In Christ Jesus. We talked about the dual dimensions of relationships. The dual dimensions of relationships. Uh, how, our, how our vertical relationships are affected by our horizontal relationships. Let me say it again. How, 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 how our, our horizontal relationships affect our vertical relationship. Can, can I give it to you the way the Bible does? Here's the way the Bible says. The Bible says, how can you love God? Vertical. Whom you've never seen. And not love your brother. Horizontal. That you see every day. So you have the dual dimensions of relationship. Your horizontal relationships should reflect your vertical relationship. Here's what Jesus says when he prays the model prayer. Forgive us. I'm talking to God. Vertical. Forgive us. How? Forgive us our debts as what? We forgive others. God, in other words, God, I want you to treat me like I treat other people. 
come, come, come on, y'all, y'all. Come on, I, I know it's hard teaching. I know it's a hard teaching. Don't, 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 don't make me relive my sermon Sunday and, and, look, and look at y'all and say, will you also go away? And so, and so, and so there, 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 there is a, there is a, there is a relationship between my, my, my vertical relationship with God and my horizontal relationship with each other. I want God to treat me like I treat other people. I want God to forgive me like I forgive other people. That's what you pray when you pray the Lord's model prayer. Be careful what you ask for. So we talked about that. We, 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 we discussed the purpose of this series being three things in particular. One, to encourage us to be healthy and productive in and of ourselves. To be able to navigate the relationships in our life because of the impact they have on us. Then the third thing, to understand how God uses relationships to accomplish his will in our life. And so those, those are three things we want to do. Now, let's jump into just a little bit um, for tonight. Um, I want to begin looking at some of the laws of relationship that can help us gain an authentic understanding of self. Now, I have to start with self because everything that's wrong with us is not somebody else's fault. At some point, we've got to take ownership for being the way we are. At some point, we've got to take ownership for behaving the way we behave. At some point, we have to do that. Uh, 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 and so, several things I want to talk about here. Most everything in the world is subject to some kind of law. There are two main things that we need to know about law. It's designed to work usually in every situation. And when violated, consequences are produced. So a law is designed to work usually in every situation. But when you violate the law, there are consequences to the violation. Okay? Let me give you an example. The law of gravity says whatever goes up must come down. That is the case in almost every situation where gravity is present. None of us would be exempt from it because it's applicable across the board. So if you go up on the roof of this church, I don't care how anointed you are, Okay. If you go up on the roof of this church and you jump off, you hit the ground, break a leg, break an arm, something, because there are consequences when you violate whatever the law is. And so the second thing we know about law is wherever law is violated, again, there's consequences. So if you violate laws, you end up hurt, you end up broken, you end up paying some kind of consequence. So laws are used to regulate society and to teach us what to expect in most cases. There's a reason, there's a reason they have stop signs. There's a reason they have traffic lights. Come on, y'all, because if we don't have them, I, I, I was, my wife and I were driving down, I don't know the name of the street, I'm still trying to figure stuff out, but we were driving down the street down there by the cemetery where you, uh, it's a big cemetery on the side over there. Yeah, okay. And, and the lights were malfunctioning or doing something, I don't know what they were doing, but all of a sudden, all of us, that were going that way, that way, this way, all of us start moving all at the same time. 
And guess what? Guess what could have potentially happened? You have an accident. You have a wreck. Well, when you violate the laws that even govern relationships, guess what happens? You end up having a wreck. And so, and so God has given us some tools to build strong, purposeful relationships. And the consistent factor of those tools is to help us live lives that are full of fulfillment, security, and joy. Those ought to be the three things that define every relationship that you have. Fulfillment, security, and joy. Those ought to be the three things that define your relationships. If those things don't define your relationships, there is something wrong. It may be major, it may be minor, but there's something wrong. Most people are miserable because they have miserable relationships. Now, before you start looking at somebody saying, it's your fault I'm not happy. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. Because, because, because when, we talk about, when we talk about this whole thing about misery, sometimes it's not other people. Some, I, I'm, I'm trying not, I'm, I'm, but sometimes, sometimes you just don't like you. Come on, y'all. I mean, y'all, y'all did homework last week. Some, 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 sometimes you just, you just don't like yourself. But because of some other stuff that I'm going to talk about in a few minutes, be, because you bypassed some other stuff, you, you're, you're blaming the fact that you don't like you on other people. Like they did it. And then when you start changing for other people, come on, y'all. When, when you start changing for other people, you're still changing for the wrong reason. And we'll deal with that. We'll, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. But most people are miserable because they have miserable relationships either with themselves or with other people. Once you get your relationships in proper perspective, the whole quality of your life will change. That's why we talked about last week about compartmentalizing. Learning how to put the people that you have relationships with in their proper compartments. So I know what to expect. Now, when you demonstrate to me that you're a different person, then I'll move you to a different compartment. <laughs> Are y'all in here? Once, see, 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 once you demonstrate to me that you don't lie as much as you used to, then I'll move you closer to the compartment of honest people in my life. Once I figure out that you're not an embellisher, because if you're an embellisher, I'm going to ask you certain things and then you're going to embellish the truth, which is really not the truth at all. And now we got a problem. So, so you learn how to compartmentalize people. You learn how to put people, because if you put them in their proper compartment, then you know how to deal with them. Come on, y'all, you, you, you know how to deal with them. You know, how to, you, you know how to deal with them. If you got a person that's going to, that every time you have a conversation, they're going to complain. And if the day is not that day, Because you have them already in their proper compartment, then you know, okay, today I can't deal with this compartment because this compartment is, is not going to work well with me today. And so we're not going to have no problems because I understand. I, I can't, if, if I know that you're not the person that I can come to and say, you know, um, I went to the doctor and the doctor said this, this, and this, and they're not going to switch the conversation and let it be about them because everything you got, they didn't had. 
But when they had it, it was worse. So, so compartmentalize, compart, compartmentalize, compart. If, you, if it's a negative person, anything you say positive. Oh, oh, didn't they sing Sunday? Yeah, they did, but. <laughs> but because I got you in your right compartment, I already know what I'm getting. I already know what I'm getting. And, and so, and so, and so what has to happen, what has to happen is God has given us these tools to build strong, purposeful relationships. Now, 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 in every relationship, we have one constant in every relationship. There is one constant in every relationship. Guess what that one constant is? Us. You cannot have a relationship without you. Can't have one. I cannot have a relationship without me. So the one constant in every relationship we have is us. When we are unhealthy, because we got to start with us. When we're unhealthy, guess what? So will our relationships. If we're unhealthy people, our relationships are going to be unhealthy. When we are pretentious, so will our relationships. So in order to build and maintain meaningful relationships, people must know themselves, be honest with themselves, and be able to share their true selves in safe and sacred spaces. It is the only way to have healthy relationships. Whatever or whoever we are is what we bring to every relationship. So if we're broken, guess what we're bringing to the relationship? Our brokenness. If we're bitter, guess what we're bringing to the relationship? Our bitterness. Whatever or whoever we are is what we bring into every relationship. Say it one more time. Whatever or whoever we are is what we bring to our relationships. Now, I want you to pay attention to that word, those two words, self and sacred. Did you see on the slide? I want you to make sure you pay special attention to that. Because part of being in a healthy and productive relationship is knowing that you're in a space where transparency is one, appreciated, and two, confidential. Can, can we deal with this for a minute? Let's deal with this for a minute. There are some things that people share with you, and there are some things about you that you share with people that, watch it, should never be responded to with judgmental language. If I'm sharing my authentic self with you, Come on, if I'm sharing my authentic self with you, I'm not asking you to promote or support what I'm sharing. But if I trust you enough to share it, then you ought to be respectful enough to not judge the fact that I'm being transparent with you. Because it's, there has to be, there has to be some sense of appreciation and confidentiality. So if I share with you that I'm struggling in a particular area, I'm sharing it with you because I believe that God has given you something to minister to me in this particular moment of transparency that I'm having. Your response to me should not be one of judgment. Come on, y'all. Because, because, because before you can operate in healing and deliverance, you've got to love the people that you're trying to get healed and delivered. Y'all, 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 y'all. The first thing that comes out of your mouth should be, should not be, 
That's why you're going through all you're going through right now because you're so hateful. That, that should not be your response. I'm trusting you enough to be transparent. And if I'm trusting you enough to be transparent, don't take the next 15 minutes of our time together to send me to hell. Oh, y'all, y'all, y'all. Because you know we quick to send folk to hell now. And so there are things that people share with you. And, and I, got, I got to talk about, there's some, there's some things that people share with you that should never, you should never respond with judgmental language. And, but secondly, you should never repeat. The, the, the only reason you should repeat it is if it, opens, if it opens up somebody to severe consequences. If somebody's about to do harm to themselves or harm to somebody, then of course that's something that you have to, that you have to communicate. But if somebody shares something with you in that self and sacred space, it should not become the news of the church. Watch this. While you telling everybody else's business, tell some of yours. And let's see how that works. Y'all, 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 y'all not understand what I'm saying? So, so there is the importance of self and sacredness, but in the, in the importance of self and sacredness, there is a degree of transparency that needs to be appreciated and confidential. It needs to be appreciated and confidential. And when people share their confidential stuff with you, don't turn around and use it against them. So, so why, why start with ourselves? Why start with ourselves? How we see ourselves is a determining factor in the kind of people we tend to develop relationships with. Say it one more time, Bishop. Sure, here it is. How we see ourselves is a determining factor in the kind of people we tend to build relationships with. Pay attention to the kind of people you attract. Now, you got to watch that because sometimes you'll say, I ain't like that. But watch this. Like spirits attract like spirits. It may not be your immediate external disposition but it may be some underlining DNA that's attracting particular kind of people to you. That's why you got to get to know yourself. Are y'all in here? That, 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 that people tend to look for people that are like them. We tend to look for people who will affirm us either in our healthiness or our unhealthiness. You don't believe me? Find some folk that don't like something going on in church. Guess what we will do? We will, part, we will look for people who are going to affirm how we, we ain't going to talk to nobody who say, we, we don't want to talk to nobody who says, now, 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 I see where you're coming from, but have you looked at it from? Because, 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 because we need somebody to affirm us in how we feel. So now I'm looking for somebody that's going to say, yeah, yeah, girl, I, I feel the same. I, I've, been, I've been feeling like that myself too. So now I didn't, I didn't got me some help here. I got me, and I'm going to go find me somebody else. Can, can say, you know what? Yeah, I thought that same thing too. Now I didn't find me somebody else. But then you run across somebody to say, well, now you might be taking that to an extreme. Maybe that's not the way it is. Maybe there's something else going on that you haven't thought about. Now you're mad at them. 
Oh, that's just the devil right there. You, you, you ain't got no discernment. There's something wrong with your discernment. No. <laughs> that may not be the case. That, that, there's three sides to every story. Oh, y'all ain't saying that's three. Come on, y'all. There's your side. There's my side. And there's the truth. So you got to be, be very careful. You got to be very careful. You got to be very careful. Now, 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 that means, talk about self. This is, this is us. That means you have to demand two things from yourself. There are two things you need to demand from yourself. You want to know what they are? Honesty and avoiding self-deception. Those are the two things that you have to, that you have to, Expect and demand from yourself. Say it one more time. Expect and demand from yourself. Honesty and avoiding self-deception. Believe it or not, the easiest person in the world to deceive is yourself. You can make yourself believe anything come on y'all yeah 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 uh, we believe everything we tell ourselves about ourselves now there's a difference in being confident and deceiving yourself Can, can I help you right quick? If everything you're telling yourself don't nobody see but you. <laughs> watch, watch. See, 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 see. Here, here it is. Here it is for you. Confidence comes out of what you know to be true about you. There's some things you know you're good at. There's some things you know you can do. That's not, that's not being arrogant. That's not being cocky. That's being confident. There's some things you know you, know you can cook. Come, come on. You, 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 know, you know if you can't do nothing else. <laughs> you can cook. Can't nobody take that away from you. That ain't, not, that ain't being arrogant. That ain't being, you just know you can cook. You, you know that. You know that. Now, if you cooking and ain't nobody. Then you're going to say, oh, they just don't know good food. Man, maybe they do. <laughs> so, so, so confidence comes from what you know to be true about yourself. Deception comes from the hype you believe about yourself. Watch this. Watch this. Tell your neighbor, you wonderful, but you ain't that wonderful. <laughs> don't, don't believe the hype now. Don't believe the hype. And I got Bible on it. The same folk that were crying Hosanna to Jesus are the same people that thought he was worthy of crucifixion. So you gotta, you, you gotta learn how to, you gotta learn how to take accolades and praise in stride. Don't let that go to your head. 
Come, come, come on now. Come on, come on, come on. Don't, don't, don't. Okay, you, 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 you the best thing since sliced bread this week. But then the bread got molded next week. So, so. So you, you got to learn, you got to learn how to take accolades and praise in stride. Don't, don't let it go to your head. Because there's always somebody that can do better than you can. There's somebody can preach better, sing better, serve better, work better. All of those kinds of things. You take it in stride. Somebody pat you on the back. Don't, don't, then don't be, you know, don't be pseudo humble about it. You know, somebody, if somebody, you know, you ain't got to be deep. If somebody says, oh, Lord, you just blessed me. And you just say, you know, you know you, we don't need no long dissertation about... You know, oh, you know, that wasn't me. That was just, you know. The, no, we don't need no long speech. Just tell them thank you and God bless you and let's, let's move. I got to stand here for the next 10 minutes and hear this biblical dissertation about how it ain't you and how the infusion of the spirit who came through you and then it can't. No, just thank you. God bless you. Keep it moving. <laughs> Confidence comes from what you know to be true about you. Deception comes from the hype you believe about yourself. Confidence finds its strength in integrity. Deception finds its strength in a lie. So now, Let's finish this up here. So what is the best way to really get to know yourself? How, how do we do that? How, how do we get to do that? Here is the key. Here is the key. Pay more attention to your behavior than you do your words. How do I get to know myself? Pay more attention to your behavior than you do your words. Let me give you a good example of that. Turn to Matthew chapter 26, verse 30 through 35. Matthew chapter 26, verse 30 through 35. You got it? Matthew 26, verse 30 to 35. I want to read this to you because I want you to, I want you to get it. Uh, starting at verse 30, English Standard Version, y'all know that's, that's what I use most of the time. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, you will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered him, though they fall away because of you, watch it, I will never fall away. Jesus says, mm, that's what you think, uh, truly I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same thing. See it? Now watch what happens. What you have to understand is the substance of our hearts are expressed in our actions. Peter talking some strong language. If they all leave you, I ain't going nowhere. If everybody fall away, I'm going to still be here. Watch it. Even if I have to die with you, that's how committed I am to being with you. Jesus says, you don't know what you're saying. 
And it's not that you're saying something that's so difficult. What you're saying is just not the truth. Because put in a particular situation, you're going to change your mind. And Jesus even says to him, you're going to deny me. Peter said, no, I'm not. Jesus says, watch it. Because what you do speaks more to the integrity of what's in your heart than what you say. That's why you got to quit letting these folk put you out on the limb. Tell you, oh, I got your back. I'm going to be right there. And then you get out on the limb. And then you out there by yourself. You better make sure you got all your stuff together. Watch, watch what happens. Watch what happens. What happens? Because so, so our truth is not always revealed in our words, but it's better revealed in our actions. Thus the saying, actions... Y'all been in my notes. There it is. <laughs> that action speaks louder than words. That, now, that's not to suggest that words are not important because they are. You know that whole sticks and stones may break my bones, but words when they hurt? That ain't true either. That, that ain't true either. That's not true either because some people can say some hurtful things. People can say some stuff to you that make you go back to your pre-salvation days. Come on, y'all. I need truthful folk. So that ain't, to, that ain't to suggest that words are not important because words are important. But it is to suggest that we should strive to make what we say and what we do consistent. If you're going to say it, do it. Be it. Huh. Uh, another way, let me get through this. Another way to get to know yourself is in the space of accountability. It's, it's, it's dangerous to live in a world where nobody has permission to tell you the truth about yourself. Dangerous. It's dangerous to live in a world where nobody has permission to tell you the truth about yourself. And you not, and you get mad. Come, come on, watch it. Here it is. Everybody needs to hold themselves accountable, and everybody needs to be accountable to somebody. Why? Because we have in our lives what's called blind spots. Come on, come on. Make, make yourself accountable to somebody other than yourself because we all, all of us, all of us, even those of us who wear collars, all of us have blind spots. We, we all have blind spots, y'all. There are certain things that we can't see about ourselves, especially when those blind spots only reveal themselves in certain situations. Let me give you some typical blind spots. Some typical blind spots are pride. Some typical blind spots are uh, jealousy. Got quiet. <laughs> a a another common blind spot is the tendency to exaggerate or polish the truth, especially when it benefits you. Mm-hmm. See, see, blind spots can become barriers to great relationships because at some point, the truth is going to surface. Come on, the, the truth, at some point, the truth is going to surface. So the accountability and blind spot issues are a part of the authentic you, and it's a part of maintaining the authentic you because somebody has to have permission to say to you, you're being jealous. Somebody 
has to have permission to say to you, you're being petty. Come on, y'all. Somebody has to have permission to be able to say to you, you know that ain't how it is. Because when you understand that, part of the authentic you and maintaining the authentic you is accountability. Again, we, we see this play out in Matthew 26, we just read in this exchange between Jesus and Peter. Peter is saying, I'm here, I'm committed, I ain't going nowhere, we ride or die. Jesus says, that's just not the truth, Peter. Because when this thing gets hot and heavy, you're going to deny me. You're going to act like you don't even know me. You're going to get irate with some little girl that's going to walk up to you and ask you, aren't you one of Jesus' disciples? And you're going to say some stuff to the little girl. <laughs> And we're not going to be able to find you anymore until I send for you after the resurrection. Y'all hear what I'm saying here? Y'all hear what I'm saying? And, and so, and so, and so, there is this thing of these blind spots that we got to pay attention to. And when, some, and when somebody says to you, ah, yeah, 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 there's this little thing you got going on and that ain't, you know, that ain't, that ain't cool, that ain't, that ain't good. And, you, and now you mad. Because somebody told you the truth. See, see the, the, the struggle with accountability is sometimes not hearing what you need to hear and not seeing what you need to see. So, sometimes the truth may surprise you. And it may even aggravate you. But keep in mind that you choose the person to check your blind spots because you trust and respect the person. See, anybody that I give permission to correct me, I give them permission to correct me because I trust them. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying here. And I know that they're not, I know they're not trying to tear me down or discredit me or discount me. That's why I give them permission to do that. Because I trust that they're they going to see past me and see the truth. Now, last thing I'm done. Does that mean that everything they say is accurate? Maybe, maybe not. But it may mean you're showing some signs of some behavior that you need to be checked on. And you got to be willing to think and pray about what you learn from these spaces of accountability. And when you realize something is true, don't argue about it. Change it. Because the whole purpose and goal of accountability is to become a better you. Now, only you can know specific things you need to change. Let me give you this last thing. So here, here is a set of relationship reminders. I'm going to give you this and we're done. I know that's little, but here it is. Let me give it to you real quick. Here, here, here's, our, here's, here's our first set of relationship reminders. Number one. Make a priority of getting to know yourself. Make a priority of getting to know yourself. Look in the mirror and be honest about what you see. Do your best to avoid, number two, self-deception. Assess yourself honestly and ask trusted people to help you guard against believing that you are somebody that you're not. Sometimes if you, if you, you preach a bad sermon, you just, somebody can tell you that wasn't good. <laughs> come, come on, come on, come on. Was... In that department, I'm the wrong person to ask. Don't do that. Don't do that. What, what you think, Doc? What you think, Doc? That was bad, Doc. That's, that, that wasn't, no, that wasn't good.
Remember that actions speak louder than words. Focus on behavior when you really want to assess character. The next thing, keep yourself real by being honest and not being afraid to be vulnerable. If to nobody else but yourself. If to nobody else but yourself. Don't, here, here's one I don't want you to miss, and this is almost tweetable right here. Don't tolerate anything hidden in yourself or in the people that you're in relationship with that's unhealthy. Watch this. Learn how to say, if you're going to be like that, you can't be around me. Don't tolerate unhealthy behavior in people just so you can be friends with them. No. If you're going to be like that, if you're going to act like that, you're going to talk like that, we can't hang out. We can go to church together. We can, you can sit on the same seat. But we can't hang out. Not if you're going to be like that. No. Don't tolerate that. And realize that the benefits of being real are worth pursuing in your relationships. And don't settle for relationships that are not transparent and real. Don't do that. Because you set yourself up. You set yourself up. You set yourself up. So now next week, we're done. next week we're going to look at the law of mutual benefit. We're going to look at the law of mutual benefit. Um, if you're going to be in a relationship with somebody, you shouldn't be the only person bringing something to the table. The law of mutual benefit. When, when we focus on knowing when you're healthy and in productive relationship, it helps to promote healthy self, good space of accountability. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on, stand on your feet. Touch your neighbor's hand beside you, if you will. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed, every heart is praying. Now, gracious and wonderful God, we thank you for this day. This is the day you made. We'll rejoice and we'll be glad in it. Thank you for an opportunity to study your word tonight. Thank you for an opportunity to better understand ourselves and the people that we're in relationship with. Lord, we pray that this lesson will not only be an encouragement to us, but it will be humbling for us. That it will cause us to not continue to blame external factors on why we are the way we are. But it's in you that we live and move and have our being. And if the spirit of God that lives within us, we have the power to not be what those external factors are trying to make us be. God, make us understand that we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away, but behold, all things have become new. And because we have the power of the Holy Ghost operating on the inside of us, we're not subject to those things that make us hateful and bitter. But we're able by that same power that raised Christ from the dead that lives in us, that same spirit is able to heal us, make us better, and make us whole. God calls us tonight to begin to take inventory of not just ourselves but the people around us. And then God calls us to move in the direction of being healthy people because we know that when we're healthy, our relationships will be healthy. When we're healthy, we'll be happier people. When we're healthy, that we'll be people with joy. That when we're healthy, we won't have problems encouraging and blessing anybody else when we're healthy. We can be the people that you called for us to be. We thank you for it. We give you praise and we give you glory for it. In Jesus' name we pray. 
And people of God said, amen. 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 Come on, hug somebody. Share the love of the Lord with some people around you tonight.